Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Story X Story podcast. We're back from our mid-season break, and this is the place where we discuss stories across pop culture, plus give you advice on creating your own. It is episode 111, and I'm your co-host, Nigel. I am Tazzy, content creator and co-host. As always, we like to bring you interesting discussions with diverse voices and to help us out with our discussion on everything, everywhere, all at once, which is a film, not a business strategy, as Tazzy and I uh, are constantly reminding ourselves of. Uh, we have Jed Shepard, producer and screenwriter. Jed, welcome back to the show. Hey, everyone. Thanks for having me back. I think it was episode 64 I was on, if I remember correctly. It was episode 64 where we interviewed you about your your breakout hit, uh, your one of the breakout hits that you have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so well, thanks for having me back. I appreciate it. On on triple one, that's that's a really good, uh, a good one to be on. One I know, one. It's like special, uh, special numbers. Like uh, the the binary fans are, are going nuts yeah. right now. They call those angel numbers when all the ones. I didn't even know that. All yeah. right, it was no pressure, <laughs> no <laughs> pressure, anyone. But yeah, it's this this just became big. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah uh jed was with us on episode 64 uh i'll put that link to uh, that episode in the show notes if you want to hear um about um jed's uh I don't know, what do they call this rise to fame this this i wouldn't say i'm famous but maybe <laughs> my rise to being able to make films all, all the time <laughs> i don't know a few people have been like have been talking about her so i'm like oh yeah i finally watched it after you know interviewing yeah. Jed and they're like what oh my god and I'm like oh, okay yeah. <laughs> so I'd, I'd say famous yeah when you get You're that kind of reaction name drop. the only time when I get kind of recognized is at screenings of my own film <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes in comic-con and then sometimes at like horror things I, I get recognized more in America than I do here in America I think because horror is a bit more mainstream over there right people kind of know who I am in certain places but and I never, I never want to be famous. Well, I don't want my my face to be famous. Yeah. Uh, you want your work. work to be famous. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. I agree. Speak for itself. Yeah, I'm with you on that. <laughs> I'm with you. So yeah, you can listen to the episode. You can subscribe to Story X Story uh, on all the podcasts: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, you can also send us your feedback and questions to feedback at myamada.com. Uh, throw them at us on social media too. We are at myamada on Twitter at Mayamada TV on Instagram and TikTok, or at Tazzy on everything. Uh, you can also join our Studio 77 Discord to be part of the Mayamada universe and meet others in the community. And you can consider becoming a Studio 77 member to support the work that we do at Mayamada and get exclusive access to events and artwork too. Uh, and some of those events will include in-person events because we can do those now and we've got plans. So stick around. For like two seconds because uh, we're going to get into some of the updates from the my matter universe and we have a summer of workshops so if you are in the enfield area in uh, westminster kensington i'll be doing some workshops in each of those boroughs game design workshops for younger creatives so summer holidays is that time bring your kids and they're all free sessions as far as i know but yeah can join in on some of the workshops that we've got for uh, the summer you can also check out our manga always want to remind people that we have serious through the fog 
uh, which is out now. So if you have not checked it out, give it a look. It is a story about a pandemic made during the pandemic and features Blake Sirius in his toughest adventure yet. So this is a follow-on from Sirius Volume 1 and is now canon. It wasn't in the plan, but, you know, neither was the pandemic. So those characters have to deal with a pandemic-like situation. And then now the trick is how to follow on from that into the uh, what was planned as the Volume 2. So now everything changes. So that'll be fun. So this month we also have some live stream activities going on for Studio 77. On Wednesday, the 17th of August, we will be having our next Story Club live stream from 8 p.m. BST. So we'll be doing a deep dive into the manga Tropic of the Sea by Satoshi Kon with our guests Victor Luca and Lara Callahan. So uh, this will be a deep dive into this single story, looking at uh, the narrative, the characters, the themes, all that stuff. Um, so you can join us live in the live stream chat or catch the VOD afterwards. And then on the 31st of this month, which is a Wednesday, we'll have our August Multiverses Games Night. So uh, a game, another game I have not played yet, uh, but I do have downloaded, ready to go. Um, so we'll be playing with Studio 77 members. It's kind of like Smash Bros, but with uh, a different set of <laughs> licensed characters. So just as a brief description um you can also check out our past gamepad or games night even highlights on youtube so we're working on putting those up uh, i think roblox uh, fortnite rocket league uh, are up and uh, we've got a bunch more to go i've got a backlog of editing to uh, to work through speaking of uh, live stream events we have the winter gamepad online event is in the works so this is a heads up there are more details to come but we want to let people know that before the end of the year we'll have one more gamepad online event uh, with a key difference that you can learn about in this month's gamepad report and hear even more details in september's gamepad report so we're working behind the scenes putting things together uh, ready to make a proper announcement but you're here listening to the podcast so we can give you a little sneak peek at what is to come um, so we'll be streaming on twitch and the date and the details will be revealed soon as well as our gamepad events we have our do i look like a gamer video game representation campaign that is ongoing and this is our initiative to promote diversity and inclusion in the video games industry uh, so we launched this with our photo campaign showcasing 40 players and makers in and around video games which you can see on the website looklikeagamer.com uh, you can also catch the live stream launch segments that we put up on youtube and also get involved with the campaign so when we brought the 40 together, we asked them well, We asked them a few questions. Uh, one of the questions was, what is the game that got you into gaming? Uh, and now I want to give people the chance to answer the question for themselves. So you can check out the link in the show notes or just go to looklikeagamer.com and record your own message. So share your own message, answer the question, what is the game that got you into video games? Share it on Twitter, on Instagram, uh, or TikTok. Don't forget to tag MyMadar and use the hashtag look like a gamer so we can uh, find them all and uh, yeah be interested to see sort of what got people into gaming and then like i said stay tuned because we'll be announcing more campaign events particularly for uh, parents and educators as well as young people uh, to hopefully learn a bit more about the games industry 
as a career. So the campaign is proudly sponsored by Rocksteady Studios and Splash Damage, who have been essential in allowing us to make the campaign free or the campaign event specifically free for people to join. So we've done some live stream events. We've done in-person events. We just had an event. Uh, Samsung KX in King's Cross, which was amazing. Uh, loads of cupcakes, loads of people, loads of games. Um, so thank you for their support. All right, now you're caught up with all things My Matter. Uh, let's talk about some of the stories that we've all been enjoying this week. So we're going to have a quick spoiler-free discussion about the stories everyone has been reading, watching, up or playing. And we'll start with our guest, Jed. Well, I what have I been watching last week? I've been watching Severance. I don't know if you mm. guys have heard of it or seen it. It's an Apple TV um, exclusive. Do you guys know what that is? I've heard of it and a lot of people said I should watch it. So I'll get around yeah, to it. That's the thing. Every, everyone's telling me, Jed, you're going to love this. You should watch it. I can't believe you've not watched it yet. It came out quite recently. I literally just heard about this today on another oh, nice. podcast, I think. Like, so I, I've gone from zero awareness to now like, <laughs> about it twice. I'm three episodes in and it is next level. It is next level. Just to give you a very spoiler-free idea of what it's about, it's about um, a company that gives you the opportunity, if you want to kind of get into the top echelons of it, you have to sever your brain, basically. So your work-life balance is, is completely separate. So when you step into work, you won't have any knowledge of your home life and then when you go home, you won't have any knowledge of your work life. Well, so, yeah, you're literally, you, you, you don't know what's happened on either side of it. So people who are at work, it's like they can never leave because all they see is them leaving the office and then they're back in there the next day. And, yeah, and it's and like it, you're starting to find out a little bit more about what this company does, like in episode three. So and there's eight episodes, and I'm just like, I need to know what this is about. And, like, the, the cast is incredible yeah again i don't because some of the some of the cast are like spoilers i think so i don't want to say too much but oh it's, it's incredible like um patricia arquette adam scott yeah so some other people that again i don't want to spoil it because as soon as this person appeared on screen i was like yes <laughs> um but no it's just really really cool it's that i also watched something that's just been cancelled like, i think hbo just cancelled it it's the time traveler's wife tv show I don't know if you remember the film oh from God. a few years ago, but they made it into a TV show. And there was only one season, which finished last month in July, and then it got cancelled, which is such a shame because I, I love the show. It's obviously, I would say it's designed... It's not. I wouldn't say it's designed for guys, to be quite honest, but I am obsessed with anything time travel. So I was like, let me, let me put an episode one. And yeah, it leans very heavily on the love story element of it, hmm. but it is really, really, really cool. It is ten times better than the movie that came out about it. Oh my god! Um, you should, you should watch it. I need to watch it. I need to watch it because so I love good. the time traveler's wife. So yeah. Oh, you will love this TV show then because it just explores. Oh man, it's it's so good how they weave everything and and like obviously like I read the book when it came out and I watched the film and it was like, okay this is kind of cool but the um but the TV show just explores it to the nth degree and the mechanics of time travel is just really interesting and the repercussions of things you do and fate uh, all that stuff really really interesting so yeah that's kind of what I've been watching in the, in the last couple of weeks. 
Oh, I'm going to have to put that on my watch list for sure. I mean, Severance was already there, so yeah. Um, oh, nice. It's a little nicely. They, that's you've got a nice balance going on there. You've got like, so, yeah, <laughs> something that's like, oh my god, I'm a bit scared about the future, and then something that's like, <laughs> yeah. And oh, and I guess one more. I, I watched that film that came out uh, last week where, where the crawdads sing. Is that what's called? Um, Craw- the crawdads or crawdads sing. Yeah, it's uh, based on the bestseller that kind of uh, was an international bestseller like a couple of years back and now they made it into a movie like set in the in the south well it's set in carolina and yeah again i i don't know what, what it is with me and and books that are designed for for women because like like and th- this particular book was it was kind of like uh cherished by women rather than guys but i loved it i, I actually loved it like i didn't read the book i have got the book but i haven't read it but I really liked the film, and uh, and going into it, I knew some people were a little bit mixed about it because it didn't wasn't faithful to the book. Or, or but um, I absolutely loved the film. I thought it, it kept me guessing all the way through. So um, yeah, I would recommend that as well. Uh, honestly, next time you have me on, I'm I'm going to choose some real manly things. Yes, yeah, <laughs> I watched Rambo and yeah, back to back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um so i'm gonna do a show and a game so i watched the latest season of umbrella academy nice which i feel like i've not seen much discussion about which i'm grateful for because it meant i had no spoilers but also i'm like um did people just like i thought umbrella academy was really good uh no one seems to be like watching this season I couldn't get into it. Like I couldn't get into season one. It just it, really. I don't know why. So, like my experience of Umbrella Academy is, I do really like the show, but I absolutely adore Number Five. Oh yeah, okay. Five's great. Like mm-hmm. Five is brilliant, and just the acting from the actor to play Five, I'm just like incredible because you mm. capture this old man in a child's body so well <laughs> a bit of trivia, but i actually i met or virtually met I, I can't remember the official title but basically for child actors they have minders and yeah. i met the minder for the actor oh for God. that page five and just he was just telling me about the the process and everything that uh, he has to do and yeah I want. I want to know more. <laughs> I'm looking forward to like what I, I don't even know the actor's name, but I'm <laughs> looking forward to what uh, what the actor does uh, in the future. And I'm very intrigued and in following their journey. But um, uh, the third season of Umbrella Academy was slightly disappointing. Okay, you I'm not gonna it. lie. Yeah, I finished it. I think it wasn't as good as the previous two seasons. But it was still fun. But then the ending was disappointing. And I say this with like, it's disappointing because it's Netflix. (laughs) Because (laughs) it left me on like the kind of cliffhanger that didn't nicely wrap up all the answers of the season. And kind of left me like, oh, that was the full season. And I don't like with Netflix now I'm just like it's just a risk that there might not be another season so I need it to I need each season to wrap up in a satisfying way that still has a like has something to get me to the next season but like all my questions all my like very needed answered two questions have been answered 
like if there's not a new se- season i can feel completed <laughs> mm. no i feel like there just wasn't much answered yeah season two ended on a this needs to be f- wrapped up I, and right now kind of thing yeah yeah like wrapped up that that arc right mm. and was like but there's a massive thing <laughs> yeah yeah ready for the next season but it's its own it felt like its own story right this didn't feel like that and it didn't feel like i guess because as well by the third season you're kind of over the whole weight of like what the umbrella academy is about Mm. tazzy do you think it's a it's a risk for a series to go all at once on netflix because it doesn't give it the opportunity to kind of build up hype like like stranger things because there was a bit of a break between the, the two bits of season four, it built so much hype up. Like everyone was talking about it the, the whole time. I know it's stranger things, so they would have anyway, yeah. but it just built up so much hype. But with things that drop all at once, like I don't know, the, the hype I would say yes, build. I would agree with that. I think it's show dependent. And I think Umbrella Academy could have been benefited from not being like released all at once. Because yeah. I think like, so I had this, I've spoke about it before. Um, like, so I really love Bridgerton and mm-hmm. I ended up like just binging Bridgerton because it was there. I really wanted to like spend my time on it, but I was so addicted. I was like finding every excuse to be in front of the TV. I was like, I need to do my ironing. I need to do this bit of like admin that I, like, I can do on my computer. Like everything was that I could sit in front of the screen and watch Bridgerton because I was like, I can't just stop watching it. And I would have really benefited of that, like being like released week by week, like a Disney Plus series is released. But there's other shows like, I don't know, Final Space that I'm like, yeah, I'm happy there's all there straight away because I can watch it. Either I can like binge it or I can watch a few episodes at a time. Yeah, but I think I think it needs I think streaming sites need to think about what kind of show it is. And then determine the release schedule based on the type of show it is. I think you're more likely to get cancelled if you just drop everything at, at once. Because, like, I, I don't know if you guys remember when, when Lost was out, the in-between mm. times is the times you got to, like, discuss, like, theories with your friends, go down rabbit holes online. And, and yeah, you, you would just you'd be wrapped so wrapped up in this, in this world in-between episodes that when the re- when the episode came on, like you you were just so hyped for it, we- mm. and that kind of meant by the time we got to the end of the series, like you just want to see more. Like I, I don't know, I-, I think it's something to do with psychology. Yeah, but I think with like with, I do think with shows that have like more complex storylines or like mysteries that kind of and theories that you you can speculate, mm-hmm. they massively benefit from being dropped episodically rather than all at once. Yeah. Because it gives you it has it gives you the chance to absorb and then like discuss. So yeah, I because I appreciated the Mandalorian being dropped weekly. I was yeah. there for it. I was on the mm. ride, and it also means if you don't have time to binge the whole series at once, <laughs> you don't have to worry about spoilers. Like that's true. Yeah, good point. <laughs> yeah, and then the second story that. I want to discuss as a game. I've only just started playing it, but it's Dreamscaper. So it's currently on Xbox Game Pass, which is where I'm playing it. And like I said, I've just started it and I'm not really like a, I've not, re- I don't really know what the story is yet, but I've, 
I just like how it's fed to me. Uh, so Dreamscape is like a, a roguelike, but it has a kind. Of, it has a mechanic where you're dreaming, and then you're in the waking world. Which I mean, if you've listened to previous podcast episodes, you'll know that I have. <laughs> I have. Yeah, very particular relationship with the the dreaming world and so yeah i think it's i really like that um so it has like things you do in the waking world will affect your game in the in like the dungeons and as soon as you wake everything from that dungeon resets and you're like popped into a new one with different layout um and you're like progressing through each night and you're trying to get as much as the dungeon completed in a night as possible but then you level certain things up in your waking world but this is also like a story being told so uh, when you start the game you've moved to to a new place you're in an apartment by yourself and you're getting to know the local people and then in your sleep you're unlocking these memories and you're getting glimpses of of your memories and it's kind of unfolding like that. I like, I don't really know who I am. Uh, so I'm just discovering it by the interactions I'm having in the waking world and the, uh, memories that I'm unlocking in the dream world. And it's just a really fun roguelike. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I'll, I'll check in once I've played it. And apparently it's a short game. So I'm here for that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Something I can actually yeah. finish. <laughs> so Nigel, what about your stories? So I have a few stories. One is a comic. Uh, I feel I don't talk about comics enough, but a while ago I took a trip to a comic book store, bought a bunch of comics because I figured, because I do workshops, so I always like to bring comics, like examples of comics for kids to, to read and see like, you know, this is what a comic looks like and that kind of introduction. Uh, and then I realized I should probably read all these comics that uh, I'm getting. So I started working my way through the list. Uh, and one comic in particular is called Isola or Isola, um, which is, uh, it's a, so it's on image and it does something that kind of doesn't always happen with me where I was turned off initially and then was just brought right back around by the end of this first volume. It's a fantasy adventure and it starts off with this, um, I'm going to say like captain of some kind of uh, royal guard who has apparently fled a city and has this kind of, uh, I'm going to say like tiger or sort of in this world, like a black striped tiger thing going on, who is the queen of this land they have left and has been transformed into a tiger, black tiger kind of thing. And it, it does something interesting. It's very like world building heavy and it doesn't necessarily introduce you to everything right away. So the reason I was turned off initially was because it was referring to things that it hadn't yet explained. So it was, everything was like new. So it wasn't like a, uh, I don't know, a story set in London where you know like everything in London. It's like a, a new, new set of characters, new story and a new environment. But what was done pretty well is like it, it wasn't very expositional, so it didn't like do info dumps. It just information came out through character interactions. So once you get to a certain stage in a book where you go, oh, okay, this is the land they're from. All right, this is the the queen. This is maybe how she got transformed. This is the goal of the the character. This is maybe why uh, she wants to. She's on this journey and she's so dedicated to the queen. 
okay, now I'm kind of in. And then it started to, the layers start to kind of come together. So you just see, and the artwork is is really cool. I think on on the page for the the website for the book, it it mentions it's recommended recommended for fans of Studio Ghibli and the work of uh, Hayao Miyazaki. So let that be a a guide to what it yeah, it looks like. And and basically now I'm in. Now I want to get the second volume and see where the story where the story goes. <laughs> yeah, you're sold. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm sold now. So um, next time I go to a, a comic book shop, I'll I'll be looking out uh, for this. And then we're looking at this animation called, or the series, anthology series called Love, Death and Robots, uh, because I missed it when all the hype came out initially. Uh, so I had to go back and, and watch all three series, which I've now done. Um, took me a little while, but um, uh, to be fair, <laughs> the, the episodes are like, I don't know, I think the, the longest episode is like 17 minutes and like some of the episodes are like five minutes or five to 10 minutes. So uh, it's my kind of show. It shows I can actually binge, relatively speaking. Um, so this is a collection of animated stories with the theme, I guess, technology, ro- robots, love, and a lot of death. Uh, so it does what it says on the tin. And they're all, they're not connected. Uh, some stories there are, I think, because there's three seasons, and I think there's a particular set of characters who, or a particular studio who get who made one in one season and then the same set of characters in season two. But yeah, so they're, they're interconnected. They're not interconnected stories. Uh, they're just uh, siloed. It, I think it's just like a different stories have been given to different studios to make as they will. And I think it's really impressive. Um, I know there's a lot of hype around it at the time, which like I said, I missed, but just watching it's, it's impressive from a storytelling perspective that they've managed to pack so much story in a very short, space uh, of time so like i said the episodes are quite short and then they've managed to pack in in many cases i'd say a lot of meaning or themes to think about in a story even if they're not always fully delivered i don't necessarily say that in a in a bad way because i think the, the intention is like to for some episodes to leave you in a place where you're kind of like you're thinking about certain things that hasn't fully been resolved uh, in some cases, you get a res- resolution. In some cases, uh, I know I was just like, well, what, what did I just watch? I might have to think about that and process that. What does it mean? Which I don't mind. And in some cases, I, I like if it's done in a certain way. So because they're they're not connected, because they're different studios, the the visual style varies very much so. The, the type of storytelling uh, varies. There's like a stop motion story. There's um, different styles of animation in there. And it's just a, a nice thing to kind of watch and and take in. And then some of the stories are just so good. Or like I've definitely got some favorites in there that just have just the perfect combination for me for like interesting characters, themes that develop and leave you thinking about things after you've finished watching it. So uh, I'm late to the party, but I definitely enjoyed what I watched. And then have either of you seen any of Love, Devon Robots? I've watched a couple of episodes. Okay, I recommend it. But it's like, because uh, they're so different, it's like you might not like some, but in others you might really like. It's one of those ones. Personally, I struggle with it because I'm like, I'm investing my time in something and then it's like not really, like I don't know what I'm getting. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so it's not like I can sit down and go, I feel like watching a show, like I'm normally very specifically in a mood for like a type of show. Oh, no, you can't do that with this. And I can't do that. That's very different and like very different feelings. And you don't know what you're getting. 
and yeah, not all, always satisfying and that could be really frustrating okay i get that that's fair i would say that there's there's some i say really good episodes maybe i, I, I might just like point you to specific ones and yeah. see what you make it yeah maybe do that that might be a good way for me to watch it all right, cool, cool. All right. Um, and then the last thing I want to speak, speak too much about uh, because it's season four of Stranger Things. Um, so to speak a lot about it uh, would mean spoilers. But just to say, just to take a step back and say like where we are with television for like this, but other things as well, like how good TV is today. Like it's just, it's just amazing. I um, I don't know if either of you are Stranger Things fan, fans. Yeah, both. Yeah, yeah have yeah. you seen the latest season? I have. Yep. Okay. I I think it's brilliant. Like I think it's so so well done in so yeah. many ways. And yeah, I don't know what <laughs> I don't know what else to say. It's just it's just amazing. Well, you it's, know what it is. It, it's like event television. It's like it feels like the whole world is what is united to watch mm. the show about these kids. So yeah, it, it just feels like it just brings everyone together. And I haven't ever really heard anyone say oh you know what i've watched stranger things i don't like it because those people are liars <laughs> like, <laughs> i know a few people that have said that and i'm like oh you just haven't watched it like when there's not loads of hype around yeah, it say, and that you really can like just take it doing the, the counterculture or everyone loves this which i i, I have done i feel um, that before, though sometimes that well. i can't yeah. enjoy stuff when everyone's like obsessing over it yeah. Like it just takes away from my own enjoyment of it because like you almost feel like, well, if you don't enjoy certain aspects of it and they don't align, if your opinions don't align with everyone else's, mm -hmm. then you can be made to feel like really outside of everything. Oh yeah. And the, and the internet will just like, if, if for some reason you don't like Stranger Things and you said on, on Twitter, it, the twi Twitter would end you. <laughs> you'd be you, you'd leave that day in a body bag. Uh, <laughs> but like you know, people are entitled to their to their, to their opinions. But like for me, it, it is one of the best things like Netflix have ever had for for sure. And I think it's head and shoulders above like the, the previous three seasons. It just gets better and better and better. I think. Yeah, and I was surprised because someone told me that is like the best season. I, I was mm -hmm. like, I, I trusted them, so I was like, okay, cool, but watching i'm like this is the best season and and that's not to downplay the previous seasons because the previous seasons were good but it's like they've just like we've learned and we just tweaked everything and the, like the storytelling the pacing the payoff like every everything everything connects everything is is paid off the way they touch it's just like wow this is this is good work like you should be proud of making this <laughs> i um does this count as a spoiler? I don't think it's a spoiler. I appreciate like how much they explored the upside down in this. Oh yeah, this yeah. episode yeah. in this season, and just um, it really took us on like several different journeys, which I feel like in a show can be. There's like the a line that you've got to walk right. It's there's a point where it becomes confusing, and so it can be it can be difficult to balance. But I think it was balanced really well in there and perform really well because like these kids obviously they've grown up a lot since uh the first season but it just is emotional they're delivering it like very like emotional moments like really well mm -hmm. uh yeah round of applause and this minor thing like which was great for me just um the way they transition scenes uh i feel <gasps> in some cases i noticed that wow yeah it was just like because there'd be times where it'd be like visual trans and uh, transition 
uh, and they'd match up like that. But then there were a few cases where it was like on a word, like they they trend uh, transfer transition uh, on a word and, and tie that t- thing together or just like just the quality of the editing and it's just like every, yeah. every aspect of this is like this I really noticed the how well the transitions are done it would be like there'd always be a theme right it never mm. especially some of the like transitions into the upside down yeah is, I feel like I, I haven't looked into this I'm gonna have to search uh, like the best scene transitions in Stranger Things season four I'm, not, I'm not sure someone's done, done a compilation yeah, some media student somewhere yeah we might have to do like a, a thing on Stranger Things I don't know but but anyway that's what I've been watching that is some of what I've been enjoying story-wise uh before we turn this into a Stranger Things uh podcast let's get to our main story discussion Today, we are going to be talking about everything, everywhere, all at once. The 2022 comedy drama film written and directed by Daniel Kwan and Daniel, I'm going to say Shiner. I feel I'm pronouncing that wrong. Apologies. Um, Collectively known as the Daniels, who produced it with the Russo brothers, did not know that, uh, and stars Michelle Yeoh, among others. So, spoiler alert, we are going to be getting into all the spoilers that we have uh, time for in this podcast that we're able to <laughs> decipher from from this film. I will do a recap, but before I do that, let's get everyone's quick overall impressions. So, we'll start with Jed. What are your thoughts about this film? Uh, full stop, end of question. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, what did you think about the film? I, I think, and I watch a lot of film, films. Uh, can, I just, can I just say, actually, just before, when Jed says he watched a lot of films, like some people say they watch a lot of films, Jed watches a lot of films. What he just said is an understatement. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, continue. It, that's true. I watch a lot of films, but this is probably my favorite film this this year. Okay. Yeah, and like it's going to be hard for another film to, to top it, to be honest. Just that, yeah, it just reminded me what, the reason why people make movies and like, like I, for, I almost forgot I was watching a movie. I was so entertained. It was like I was in that world. Oh, it was brilliant. I love everything yeah. about it. I get that. I get that. Um, all right, Tazzy, what did you think about it? Oh my God. <laughs> it was everything everywhere all at once. I mean, it was in the title, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, I really, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the journey and I really enjoyed, like, it was a film that, I didn't know what to expect from going in and I just enjoyed from start to finish and there was just so many moments I was like oh this is cool and I think it was just I don't know how to explain it but it was like this this like unexpected superhero it just kind of was like what if what if everyday people what if some random everyday person was just like popped into superhero them like what would that look like they're not someone that is like worshipped superheroes their whole life it's not in a world where everyone acknowledges that there is superheroes and weird things but it just just happened and like the balance of like life and this crazy thing that's just happened yeah <laughs> many 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 crazy things that happen uh, in the story i um so i i watched this without expectation just because i didn't have that much awareness of it so I'll, 
it just got to a point, you know, when it's like close to a film's release. And I think when it came out, then the, the hype for it grew. So I started to become more aware of it. But I remember speaking to people who were aware of it before coming out. And I was just like, okay, I've, I've heard of this thing. I don't even think I'd seen a trailer. I just heard about it. It's something to do with the multiverse and it's not uh, MCU. It's, uh, Michelle uh, Yo and yeah, cool. All right, I'll go and see it. So I just I just took it on face value, no expectations. Uh, and like Tazzy said, I just I enjoyed this from, from the very beginning to the end just because like visually and from a story perspective, it's, it's so unique. Like it's such a unique film. I, I can't think of another film like this. Um, I mean, I don't have the extensive film knowledge that Jed has. So if Jed can't think of another film like this, then there isn't another film like this. But uh, I'm willing to say there's not another film like this. And then the thing that got me by the end is that it it tied everything to theme. So it, all, it meant something. And we'll start kind of get into the, the meaning and everything. Um, so as I was watching it and like all these like <laughs> weird and wonderful things were were happening it was entertaining on, on that basis and funny in in so many places but then it, it just tied it together so well i was like yeah this this is a, a great film so yeah uh, all right let's get into the deeper discussions but i, I will do my best to recap the <laughs> everything that goes on here all at once yeah thank you (laughs) so this is a story that takes us to evelyn wang and the struggling laundromat that she runs with her husband waymond the business is being audited by the irs and waymond is trying to give evelyn divorce papers Uh, at the same time evelyn's father gongon it has arrived from hong kong and evelyn's daughter joy is trying to get her mother to accept her girlfriend becky during the meeting with Iris Inspector, Waymond briefly becomes Alpha Waymond, a version of Waymond from the Alphaverse. Alpha Waymond explains many parallel universes exist, and his universe has developed verse jumping, allowing people to access skills, memories, and the body of their parallel universe selves. Alpha Waymond warns the multiverse is being threatened by Jobu Topaki. The alphabet, alpha verse, I was going to say alphabet, alpha verse version of joy. Her mind was splintered and now experiences all universes at once and can manipulate matter at will. She has created a black hole like everything bagel that can destroy the multiverse. So Evelyn is taught to verse jump as Jobu's minions close in on the IRS building they're all located in. There, Evelyn learns of Wayman's plans to divorce her and discovers other lives where she made different choices and has flourished. So Alpha Wayman becomes, or Alpha Wayman comes to believe that Evelyn, as the greatest failure of all Evelyns of the multiverse, has the untapped potential to defeat Jobu. Evelyn verse jumps repeatedly while battling Jobu's minions, but Alpha Wayman is killed by Jobu in the Alphaverse and Evelyn's mind overloads. Her mind splinters as she discovers different universes, including one where humans have hot dogs for fingers. Uh, She learns that Jobu actually created the Everything Bagel to destroy herself. Jobu feels that because there are so many vast universes, nothing truly matters. Evelyn almost joins Jobu in entering the bagel, but stops when she hears Wayman's call to be kind and have hope. Evelyn eventually defeats Jobu's fighters by using her multiverse knowledge to find out what's hurting each of them and give them happiness. Evelyn eventually release, reaches Jobu Tupaki and tells her that she is not alone and that Evelyn will always choose to be with her. 
Meanwhile, Wayman convinces the IRS auditor to let the Wangs redo their taxes. After this, the family's lives have improved and they return to the IRS for a second chance to file their taxes. As this happens, Evelyn's attention is momentarily drawn to her alternate selves and the multiverse before she grounds herself back in her home universe, the end. So I think I covered most of what happens in that film, um, but we'll, we'll bring up other bits. Um, but one of the things, so I, I mentioned like the, the initial hype that I, is when I got caught up in, in this and just learning about it and this being a, an independent film that had a 25 million budget and then made it to top five at the box office. So this kind of went from, from nothing to something very quick. Why do we think that this, like, people had such a visceral reaction to to this film? Yeah, it, so it's it's crossed the hundred million dollar barrier now. So wow, it's insane. And for for a, a film that's the budget's relatively low, I I think it's word of mouth. I think it's pure word of mouth because there wasn't. I mean, there wasn't that much. Uh, like there wasn't trailers like on TV every five minutes. There weren't posters everywhere. But it's there's two things that well there's multiple things I'll play. One of them is that this is an A twenty four movie, like A twenty four is the production company that like that it's an event. It's uh, they have their curation is is great. They work with the best filmmakers. Their films are always interesting. There's that. The second thing is like this is a a, a mostly Asian cast in a in a in a mm. Hollywood movie, and you don't often get that. And you'll see that the times that that does happen, they become massive blockbusters. Like if you just think back to, to recently, the 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 big kind of Asian ensemble mo- movies, they always just like there's an audience for it, and like it's not being tapped for some reason. But every time it is, boom, it just becomes like a blockbuster. So I think I I think it's because. I mean, if if he if you were to work it out, there are more Asians in the world than than, than anyone else. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's maths basically. It's yeah, maths. exactly. <laughs> so why would you not make a film designed designed for that demographic? <laughs> I, I would, um, but it's also it's just a, an incredible feel good movie. Like yeah, like, and that's it. And just just it's original. And I genuinely think it's the word of mouth because I don't know about you guys, but after I watched that, I was just like, "Wow, I feel like I need to tell everyone to watch this movie." Yeah, you know, we I had think, yeah so on the podcast we had Victor Luca. I remember now actually because when he was a guest for I can't even remember what which episode it was, but I remember him saying in the story of the week that he watched this and he was like, "Everyone needs to go and see this movie." <laughs> so is that yeah. that kind of thing? Yeah. The reason I watched it. Or the the, re, the the thing that put it on my radar is like I saw a tweet where someone was saying um, there's two movies you absolutely have to see and I don't want to hear people complaining <laughs> that the only like big films that are out are like Marvel superhero films and so if you like those films and you want there to be like diversity uh, in those films then you need to go and see everything everywhere all at once and another film i can't remember what it was but <laughs> i'm sure someone saw it so <laughs> you got 50 percent. yeah i got 50 percent. um i think the other film was like at the end of its cinema release and this was coming out so that was why but um yeah and then obviously it came came up uh a recommendation for us 
So it was like, I, I have to go see, see this film because, yes, I do enjoy a superhero film. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I also want to see more than the Marvelverse. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I'm going to go and watch it because then I just like Googled it and just saw that everyone was like, this is the best thing in cinema. And it's like, you mentioned like this being a primarily Asian cast, which is great. And it, there are those cultural touch points uh, in there, but then there's also that you get the story, like the situation they're in. It's so, in some, in some cases, so mundane, like the, mm-hmm. the base situation is so mundane, like taxes, we all get that. You, you yeah. understand like what's happening in that sense and you kind of you can connect with it and you know we, we talk about diversity in, in different forms on this podcast and the thing for me is like I feel there's a there's almost like a fundamental misunderstanding on on like some studio executive or whatever industry it's in where it's like oh if we, if we make something that features a particular ethnicity then only that ethnicity can enjoy it taking aside the the, the mass of more Asians in the world. But it's like you can still m- make a story that appeals to different people and feature primarily, in this case, Asian cast. You can still have universal themes in it. So that's just, just a, a great example of, of that. Yeah. And also, uh, I just think the the cast, I mean, some people were unknown, but like just, just the main cast were incredible as well. And mm. I just think it's just their genuine, incredible performances, really. Like I honestly think this was is gonna get multiple uh, Oscar nominations, and uh, yeah. if it doesn't, then then something's yeah. wrong. But at least the best screenplay, best directors, because wow, like the stuff they did was, was incredible. And I think a lot of it is that like I think there's because you've got the mundaneness in it. Just to go back to that point, and mm. then you've also got like the multiverse and. You can relate to having this mundane life, just this regular life, right? And having to do all the daily mundane stuff and then like fantasizing about having this super exciting life. (laughs) And I feel like, and then as well, it just highlighting the issues with that, you know, you know, the like very glamorous actress life that one of her was, you can kind of like, it showed the pitfalls of that as well. And you can sit there and fantasize about these things but in reality they all have their pitfalls and it kind of brought in you know these other like thoughts that i feel like it's not exactly done in other multiverse situations you mean like consequences (laughs) yeah and just yeah just like the the pros and cons that come with different different life choices okay and you might think like it looks all daisies and roses roses and it's great having like glam life or making this choice and everything would have been so much better if i had just made this one decision but actually would it be (laughs) Mm. i think it would raise that as well it does yeah yeah, it does definitely raise that and it's like this and it uses like the multiverse to to make that point like you say you see other versions of Evelyn and it's like a because we we get a, a lot of multiverse this is like a, a thing now just to have everything it has to exist in a, in a multiverse um yeah I think I was reading even like the directors were saying when they thought of the idea initially and then started seeing like I think they actually mentioned Rick and Morty because mm-hmm. <laughs> Rick and Morty being like uh in some kind of multiverse as well they're like oh our idea has been done <laughs> now and then obviously you've got like the Marvel stuff as well so 
I think it did have that Rick and Morty kind of sense of humor in a lot of these yeah. parallel universes. Uh, and I just love that. And like, I think this is the closest we'll ever get to a Rick and Morty live action movie. Like, <laughs> I was thinking as I was watching, it's like, a, <laughs> like an episode of Rick and Morty. Yeah. In some cases. And, but in, um, it also feels like a, so I, I put in my notes, it feels like a, a pure take on the multiverse concept because like as much as I, love majority of of marvel although the the next episode we do uh, might uh, change that but um as much as i love what marvel do you can feel the obviously like the, the the need to like the corporate need to connect different ips because you know something else is coming and this is connected to that uh, and you're you're aware of that uh, whether sort of positively or negatively whereas this like i said i had no expectations just took it as it is and i feel like it allowed it to just I don't just exist and just like tell the events without needing to connect to something else later down the line. Just, just you can tell this story. I don't know if anyone else felt. Absolutely. Yeah. I was just like, oh, this is so nice. And the fact that they managed to like explain a multiverse in one film. Like I, I didn't need 10 previous <laughs> yeah. films. Yeah, you're right. Actually. Understand hey. this concept. <laughs> they really did spell it out for, for us, didn't they? And, with like diagrams almost like yeah. how everything works and why it works and let's say that the internal logic of the film it 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 makes sense and yeah and, and when I watched it I think I watched it not too long after I watched because um, I watched it in a preview I think a couple of weeks before it came out I just watched Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness as well so okay it, it, and yeah it was just a thing within a week of each other so. I think it probably did a better job at explaining mul- uh, how multiverse works than uh, Doctor Strange. Even though I did, I did actually really love Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I know a lot of people didn't, but I definitely did. I also did. I really liked it. <laughs> yeah, I did too. I liked. I liked. Nice, it. nice, nice. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I agree that this did a a better self-contained job of just explaining like this multiverse and, like you said, uh, like the internal story logic. So. Mm-hmm it made sense within the story being told. And then it had that kind of the, the combination of like you said, the mundane, which like sort of grounded in the story and something that's relatable. And then the, the this wacky multiverse stuff. But at the core, you have this like family drama and we understand that we understand like this, this struggling business. We understand this family is going through stuff that the daughter doesn't feel heard or validated uh, because the mother has generational trauma from uh, from the father the the husband isn't feeling loved and and it's kind of like a he's an interesting character we're gonna get to him mm-hmm. yeah and you you can understand it you can see that in other people and i feel that's the relatability uh, of it and then what i also liked is like i said they explain the multiverse side of it and then tied it to kind of important things in the story that relate to the characters so like we see or we we learn about verse jumping and it's taught by an alternate version of her husband Wayman. So that is a like a mechanic that we need to know, told through a relationship that we're we're growing invested in because we've seen how it begins and we've seen like Wayman suddenly becomes a different character than the one we've known. And then even like with introducing the antagonist where 
you're you're told about the antagonist and you're kind of like this fear around destructive power that's this no one can speak her name or whatever um, it is and then you discover it's like it's a version of her daughter it's like, oh okay that's that's interesting and and that whole thing so that those kind of the ways they introduce the concepts that you need to know through things that you care about in the story are, are just really well done yeah and it gives you kind of like a good insight and understanding because even though obviously each version is slightly different they all have things in common so we can understand like the mother-daughter relationship even though it was a different version of Evelyn Mm. that relationship still they can still under you can still understand the characters based on the relationship and we can understand that, like, what might have gone wrong based on re- the relationship we've seen. Yeah, yeah. Which is like you're kind of introducing new characters that aren't completely new characters. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. And it, and it's good because I mean the relation, the relationships between the characters, like, even though this film's fantastical, that it's really grounded, which I think is important because, like, throughout this movie, we're seeing some crazy. We're, we're seeing some stuff that'll blow your mind so we we need we need to have these characters to ground us like the the, the mother-daughter relationship is so important in this it runs all the way through it and that's kind of what it's all about and that's um yeah that's yeah. our kind of what grounds us when all this crazy stuff's happening we still understand uh the the very kind of soul of, of it all yeah because yeah we recognize that relationship and then, like, so, Nigel, you brought up the verse jumping. Mm. Oh, my God. I think this is such an amazing concept. Yeah. <laughs> such an interesting way to do it as well. Right? I absolutely love how it worked. And at first, you just don't really understand it. But also... Even by the end, you don't really understand it. Yeah. But, it but it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> but it makes sense. But, like, at the beginning, like, Evelyn's not quite getting it either. And you're like, we're all just there on the same journey. And then it just, it's just such an interesting, like, unusual way to tap into, like, this multiverse power. It's like, so I try to, like, spell it out. So to make it clear to anyone listening, it's like, basically, to jump to different universes, you have to do a, a weird, unique task in the universe you're in. And that will connect you, that will allow you to get to jump to the different universe where you take over like yourself in that universe and everything that that version of yourself knows. So like Evelyn, I think at one point she has to tell the the IRS auditor that she loves her, but she has to say it genuinely. <laughs> like it's mm-hmm. like she's not getting it. Like, you have to say it genuinely. And then she just about gets it and she connects with the version of herself that knows martial arts and it's <laughs> such a random <laughs> random way. Yeah. It's all like because then it also has that like the rule that, or that it it it's more there's a higher chance of the connection happening if it's one of the branches of the universe that are most closely connected to the universe you are from. Oh yeah. And then as you get like further away, it's like they've got a really good diagram as well that shows it, so that like it actually makes sense. <laughs> And the further away that universe is, the harder it is to jump to it. The less likely it is that, less likely the 
chance that it will work mm. without like frying your brain right yeah. <laughs> something like that oh the the one that got me is, is the paper cuts i'm not going to tell people where oh uh, my god the yeah paper cuts are, but that that really got me like i could just feel it i hate paper cuts <laughs> yeah so when, and he was really trying to give himself paper cuts as well it's like no oh because it was like over and over again together. yeah <laughs> oh man my body just ugh, even rethinking about it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i think my favorite jump is when so the it's when the that the family is together and they're in like an office that has like a secret oh um, yes doorway. is that when they, they capture joy yeah and-, and then it's that point where joy's like actual joy has started to understand it and then just says just do something random <laughs> 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 and then everyone just like tries something random like i don't know what i'm just gonna try something and see what happens it's it quite is, hilarious it is like all the did you have a uh, favorite universal jump moment jed I, I i think it's one of most people's favorite but i really like the hot dog fingers uh <laughs> universe because i'll tell you why because w- when i went to the screening it was there's this organization called milk tea in 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 london which is basically uh, an, an Asian group that puts on screenings of films that, I mean, anyone's welcome to come, but like it's specifically Asian movies. And so, so they hit up A24 and they got a preview a couple of weeks before it came out. So I went to that and what they had there was a raffle to win hot dog fingers <laughs> and like literally like A24 official merch, like gloves you put on so you have those hot dog fingers. And I, I was just saying to my friends, I was just like, you know what? I've got a feeling I'm going to win this. And uh, I won it. So, oh my um, God. So you have hot dog thing- fingers. I've, I've got hot dog fingers. Yeah. Wait, did so, they do this before the film so that people had no yes. idea and then it made sense later? 100%. So they did oh. it before the film. And I was like, I don't know what, I don't know what it's about. They took photos of me on Twitter. There's photos of me with hot dog fingers. And I was like, I, I don't know what it's about, <laughs> but I'll, I'll pose with these fingers. And then I was like, oh, wow, okay, this is really cool. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, no, I, I, I really like that. And obviously the uh, Rakunui, Rakununi. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, you, the raccoon chef. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I love that stuff, yeah. It's hilarious. And, and, and the rocks, I mean, it was all good. I was just yeah, going to say. Yeah. The rocks is probably one of my favourite scenes. Yeah. No, what are you coming out? And then, because it's just all subtitled. <laughs> You know what I liked about that? They committed. Like, it wasn't just a quick, like, do this jog and go back. They had a full dialogue, a full kind of emotional arc in just silence. (laughs) Yeah. It was like, you committed to that. It was amazing. I loved that. I was like, I could actually just watch, like, like a small, like a collection of short skits of The (laughs) Rocks. Like, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> like a deep and meaningful conversation um but yeah so like i was saying before like the the way they tied like the the mechanics of the film that the stuff that you need to know with the emotion and, and even as like evelyn was getting better you kind of see like as the film progresses she's getting better and then the other thing i i liked about it is the symbolism in there there's a link that uh, i'm going to put in the show notes that i have so when you're listening to this there'll be a thing that talked about it but there are things like around the bagel so the 
like the basically circles, so circles of the bagel, and then comparing that with the the googly eyes. So you had the bagel, which is obviously negative. That's like you know nothing matters. It's just gonna destroy everything in myself. And the googly eye that Evelyn kind of initially like over the film, you see her just annoyed because Wayman's putting like googly googly eyes on things. But by the end, she like commits to that. You know the the positive, the be nice, the the positive energy, and she like she puts that in. In place of like third eye, a googly eye, and it's like yeah. that contrast between the uh, the bagel, the circle of the bagel, and the circle of the, the googly eye. It's like, oh wow, that is like, I love that. A lot of interesting symbolism everywhere in this, and yeah, it, it, and that's why it's, it's really it's one of those films that you you know you can you can watch a bunch of times and you'll get something different out of it every time because there's just so much to ingest. Yeah, definitely, and then um, there was <laughs> the try and keep this family friendly but there was i thought was hilarious foreshadowing of the um you know when they were in the irs meeting yeah and she was saying she showed the the trophies yeah and as soon as i saw the trophies like "Mm, (laughs) something's gonna happen with these yeah 100 (laughs) percent a24 sells that as well as but a candle version of that so that oh wow award shall i say uh they sell that as a candle now you can buy it off the a24 website Yeah, that was the way that was like brought back into the film is just just right, yeah. hilarious. Oh, and then uh, the other bit of like, uh, is it symbolism or yes, yeah, kind of symbolism where I mean we talked about the contrast between the mundane and um, the sort of fan fantasy multiverse mechanic where you have this contrast between like her dreams, basically her dreams are being reduced to numbers, like literally in this IRS meeting, mm-hmm. uh, and you had that moment where. Deirdre, the, the IRS agent. Yeah, Jimmy Lee Curtis. Yeah, Jimmy Lee. Yeah, like she was great in that. But she was going through like, oh, you, uh, she's going through all the things that Evelyn had tried and, and not followed through on. And she's like, oh, this this doesn't matter. You you did you can't claim this as uh, like on your on your forms. And it's just like really reducing like her dreams, her aspirations to just mm-hmm. like worthless. It's just reducing it down to numbers. And I thought that was a, yeah, just an interesting parallel of like, being in that particular that kind of building where you're literally being reduced to numbers yeah. and in this film about what could have been like why could have been yeah it was kind of a foreshadowing as well because everything she mentioned we see a little bit later on um, yeah. how that could have turned out i felt a little bit called out in that scene though didn't oh, really? it. Yeah. <laughs> have you have you had that meeting <laughs> no but i'm definitely one of those people that's like oh i'm gonna start this I'm gonna start this. Well, I do. I do temporarily start things a lot. I have a lot of ideas and a lot of things. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's a hard life being a dreamer. <laughs> you need to keep you away from uh, audit rooms and, mm-hmm. uh, and pencil pushers. But yeah, so, I mean, we can talk about the characters as well because you have the like different themes and in the characters that represent different, I guess, perspectives. Um, so you have Evelyn, who is is she a yeah, she's a dreamer because she's yeah she's trying all these things yeah. and she's trying to find like what she's good at and but when she's told like <laughs> you're basically the worst, um, she kind of represents the potential because it's like your the lack of you doing anything means you have the potential to save the the multiverse. So yeah, she's an inter- interesting character. I don't know if anyone had any characters that they particularly resonated with or just enjoyed watching. I mean, I, I loved 
uh, Gong Gong just because like I think everyone knows that it, that was meant to be Jackie Chan. He was meant to play that role, but he turned it down, which he's probably kicking himself now. But um, but then James Hong got to do it, who is uh, we know from the Goonies and from uh, um, the Indiana Jones series, and it's his his it's his comeback film basically. And what a comeback! Like he's incredible in it, and just just the way he acts is just with so much warmth and it it kind of you can still see that kid in him like from the goonies and stuff but because like he is a martial artist like after he he, he stopped acting he went into like fight choreography for, for martial arts movies for the jet lee movies and things so he can legit do martial arts and he was a, like a stunt coordinator and stuff like that so like you, you can see what he's been up to because he when he is um alpha gong gong you see him um access that skill and 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 be up a whole load of people uh with his martial arts and i, I love it I yeah love it. he has um he's one of his actors that i don't know there's such a authenticity about mm-hmm. the way he plays the role like he you believe him as the the disapproving father that everyone's yeah. sort of walking around on on eggshells because they don't want to tell like <laughs> um the the truth about uh his granddaughter so it's like you you believe that Oh, sorry. I'm thinking of Wayman. I'm thinking of Wayman. Sorry. Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I said, I said, Gong Gong. Gong Gong, Gong is the is the grandfather. Yeah. No, Way, Way, Wayman's the one that's my favorite character. Who was going to p- be played by Jackie Chan, but um, uh, but, oh, uh, right, right, right. Fun okay. I will yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, James James Hong's awesome as well. Like, obviously, Big Trouble in Little China is like I think where I first first saw him. But no, he he is great. But Wayman was good too. Um, I, I did Wayman. mention I did mention <laughs> when I was doing the recap that he was a particularly interesting character because he he was nice basically, and yeah. he he represented <laughs> being nice to everyone, which is such a I know it, it it almost I feel like in another film it would have felt like a cliche like his moment, but it felt true to him and it made sense within the film because he was just. I know he's just nice. He's just, he's just a nice guy. I don't know what else to uh, what else to say about him, but uh, he was played really well. Um, it's going to sound so cliche, but the, I kind of like uh, related to two characters um, at different points of me, my existence or of my emotional state, I should say. So Evelyn and Jobu Tepaki. Are my two characters I relate to, uh, and like I've said, Evelyn, I already felt called out talking about all the things uh, she tried, and that's like a bit of me. I'm a, I'm an ideas person. Don't like mm. to say dreamer, but I'm an ideas person. So I constantly have these things, but then I also go into like states of depression that are much how. Jobu views the world it's like why does it all matter <laughs> and I think because I have like these really vivid dreams that the more multiverse things I watch the more I'm just convinced that when I'm sleeping I'm just in a different verse <laughs> I feel like I get that kind of effect I'm just converse jump yeah apparently in my sleep <laughs> maybe who knows is yeah joy was like a yeah, I mean, they're all interesting characters, like, because for Joy, she had the just nihilism, like, nothing matters, what's the point? But then it it was connected to, well, Jobu had the nihilism, but it was connected to Joy, and you kind of see how her as a character just feeling unworthy, because 
her mother's not acknowledging her, things aren't working out. And what's the point uh, of it? So you could kind of see how, you know, that to an extreme extent, but where where that can where that can go. Uh, so I, I like that thread in that character. And then just to go back to Waymond as well, because the other thing to, I liked about his character is that, so I mentioned that like, he's just a nice regular guy. Um, and then you see the flip of the character when we see Alpha Waymond. But then at the end, it's like the the regular guy is the, the, the key, like the, the heart of the film that it, in a way saves everyone because it's him that sparks Evelyn to do the thing that she needs to do to uh, to save the day, so to speak. But yeah, I like that. I like the just the the regular guy, just the positive positive vibes, and that that wins the day. If only he can go on social media and I don't know uh, clean that up. <laughs> but I did also like Gong Gong, like the the grandfather, just the the way he was acted and just the uh, I don't know what. Don't even know what it is like the sternness of <laughs> of the character. Like I, I kind of I get that character where everyone's like unsure because he comes from a different generation. Like how to handle him in this new generation of I don't know just Gen Z and and uh, everything that comes with that. Yeah. Another question I had actually is for Evelyn. Like, <laughs> do you do you think Evelyn's life would have been better? Because it's that whole thing of seeing the different options that you could have taken. Do you think? Is she living her best life, basically? I think she's living her best life for that version of her. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's dangerous if if you like if you think about too much like what could have been because you you never know like who you might not meet because you've you've picked that route and and you saw her when she was a like a famous act, actress. She, I mean, I guess she was happy that she was successful, but like. Uh, what's her family life like and mm-hmm. yeah and i think sometimes like all of us sometimes like when it's late at night you're just about to fall asleep you get you get these little things in your mind like i wonder what would have happened if i stayed in that job i wonder what would have happened if i left a year earlier or stuff like that you know or um yeah, you're literally yeah. my dreams right now <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like, like i do wonder sometimes like what happens uh-huh. if i hadn't left that job <laughs> yeah exactly if you you like you did make your choice but also like like and i think it showed it um like the act like successful actress version of her was a different person mm-hmm. like they had different attitudes even though they're the same person the, the choices they they made shaped yeah, who shit. they went on to be and the things that they held important and it's like do you like that version of yourself yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, all right, we're gonna to have to go into themes here because that is the, the there were a bunch of themes, and that was one of them where you you think about who like who you are because like Evelyn saw all these different versions of herself, and it just makes you wonder. Like, like just said, had, had you taken a different choice, you'd you'd be a different person. Like, go back to my example. Like, I feel the job that I left. If I stayed in, I'd obviously be in a different place. And you just, I'd, yeah, you'd think about it. you'd be a different person because being on a entrepreneurial, like more creative route has just absolutely just made me a different person than if I'd stayed in a regular job. And then what kind of, I don't know, well, I'm just like, so I'm just like going through now and, and thinking what kind of person, like, uh, what kind of person would I be? It does make yeah, you think. Yeah, it does. I feel like to some extent we, we all have like a core as to who we are, but whether, who we are actually presents itself 
you just have to do something weird, Tazzy. You just have to you have to do something <laughs> out of the ordinary, and then you'll be upset. Those other Tazzy. Jump in. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, that's a very like interesting concept, and I feel like it's <laughs> it it frames like some questions to ask yourself, and I feel like everyone does walk away from that film just like wondering. Like wondering what the other versions of themselves they would see if if they had this. Yeah, I know for me, there's definitely a few versions of myself that I'd be like, I don't like you. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, you're like, I don't like the choices that you have made. Uh, I feel like there'd be a core me in there still, but it'd just be covered by all this other stuff. Other stuff, yeah. Mm. I, I want to come back to that, but I want to throw out some of these other themes as well, things that just stuck out to me. So you had this like generational trauma, which is something it made me think about um, our episode uh, on turning red because there was like generational trauma. This idea yeah. where like Evelyn went through a certain thing with her father um, and was disowned because of the choices she made, and then which basically <laughs> Marion uh, Waymond. And then that relationship goes down a different path. And then she doesn't want to make the same mistake with Joy, but she kind of is, or at least she's on the path to before uh, the very end where because of the way she was treated, she's now doing the same thing, even though she doesn't want to, but then she manages to break the cycle. And then with Joy, you had that feel, it's not exclusive to Gen Z, but it felt to me very like Gen Z, that kind of dealing with extreme like insecurity and just having a negative perception of yourself and life and then that gets reinforced by the people around you because they're not like in her case they're not listening they're not acknowledging like who she is in in this world and then that like i said goes to an <laughs> extreme place and uh, uh with the with the everything bagel but what she has to do is get to a point where she's like proud of who she is like regardless of any external factors and that's one of the things where i think evelyn at some point she takes a stand and she's like, I don't care if my, my father doesn't have, you know, he's not fully accepting of me. I'm accepting of me. And that's what I'm going to give to my daughter. But then I'm also going to say, I, I accept you and, uh, and I'm listening to you. Although she does say like, uh, you might need to lose some weight. Did she say that? I feel like she's, <laughs> she said that a couple of times. I think she did. Yeah. But I yeah. think that's a, <laughs> a variation thing to, to do. Yeah. yeah. And then the one I wanted to get like, a couple that are like big themes in this is this is one of the things where I, I wish I'd like studied philosophy and I'd be able to speak more about this. But uh, this idea of like existentialism, where we're all responsible for creating the purpose and meaning in our lives. And when I said earlier about how everything kind of tied together and just made me think, that was the thing that, uh, well, that was the main thing that made me think. Cause it was like by the end, you get to a point where it's like, you could take it as nothing matters or you could take it as you you make the meaning like you in your existence you make the meaning and yeah that that's such a positive it's a difficult one but it's a positive message mm-hmm. to take i don't know how you both felt about that yeah i definitely got that message across and i feel like this i feel like i need this film and dvd me too uh, you know blu-ray I should i say blu-ray it's not out yet because i was looking i was like i might need to just like remind myself of this every so often because I, I feel like so, this is, yeah. yeah, I feel like this is one that I can watch like in one of like my really deep depression states. <laughs> and because it like, because it can hit that relatable note that like I people struggle to give me that I need, that like I just need someone to accept that on my level that like, yeah, everything, 
there is no, there's no meaning. <laughs> but mm. then it also takes me on the journey to like bring me back up from that. Yeah, it does. And it's such it a fun way. way. Yeah. And I'm like, but then also like if I'm feeling really good, I can watch this and get the same like level of input from it. So yeah, this I need this on Blu-ray. It's established. <laughs> When's it coming out? <laughs> because of that extension, I can't say the word, but because of that concept. And it definitely has it. Like it's very strong with that idea of uh you can you can um you sort of like create it. It's a bit like um Emmett from uh the Lego movie. You know, he's just a blank canvas. You know, I need to watch those Lego movies. I've not You haven't seen the Lego movies. Uh, I've have seen you seen any of them? Batman Lego as well. The Lego Batman movies. Any oh my god! <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm not How funny. How can we like, know Nigel again? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to leave my own show. Movies <laughs> <laughs> are great, but no, I, I, I agree. Like the the existential uh, kind of stuff about um, what's our purpose in life and is it all worth it? All that nihilism stuff. I think it is. You know, like especially the demographic of of who this movie is targeted at, maybe like a maybe a slightly kind of younger crowd. But and, and these are things that go through people's brains all all the time. Like, what's the point of me getting up every day, going to do a nine to five job that I hate, coming home just to eat and sleep, and just to wake up the next day to go back to work? What's the point? And the point is, like, our lives are all about like dynamics. Like, yeah, there's going to be hard stuff. But that'll make us appreciate the not hard stuff, the kind of cool stuff and the relationships we make and the things we achieve. And, you know, if everything was like amazing all the time, then we wouldn't know what was amazing. Amazing would just be the default. So we need to we need to have those moments where we're just like alone at 4 a.m. staring at the ceiling in the dark and thinking, what's the point of all of this? Because that will make us appreciate it when someone suddenly says, hey, do you want a free ice cream? Like you know, there's the high points. That's the highest point in my life, I reckon. Someone's I'm doing good. I mean, I free so I I can't remember the last time I got free ice cream. Oh man, but yeah, I think so we need to we need to go through the the hard stuff so we appreciate the good stuff. And um, yeah, this is the kind of movie that makes you uh, kind of realize that, and also makes you realize that yeah, there's probably a million other yous out there, but they're all going through their own kind of existential crisis. You just got to make the best of of uh, what you've got because there is no right or wrong answer to to life. You just have to make do with what you have, make make the best of it. Yeah, and and that was it. That was like by the end, it's like this: you you have what you have, and it's like you can you can make the best of it. It doesn't need to be a then you don't need to go the nihilistic uh, route of like nothing matters and yeah to that extreme end. But it's like you can make something. I think there's a, there's a power in that. And I, I got that from the film where you, you can make the meaning. And if you can make the meaning, then there's a positive um, outcome at yeah. some point. So yeah, as I just like the way the themes were delivered in this. And, but is there anything else that uh, like, did anyone have any favorite moments that we haven't covered yet or any final thoughts on this? I, I like the, the heavy use of martial arts. I, I think it's, um, it's kind of, well, we've seen movies, action movies, in the last 10 years especially the marvel ones where like it's less martial arts more just like punches and people flying across the room here we're, we're seeing like real martial arts like mm. michelle yo she's is one of the best to ever do martial arts in, on film she is 
she's like amazing to watch and like i remember her watching do this same stuff in the 80s like i've got stuff on vhs of her in the 80s in in films doing this exact same stuff and like here she is like a bunch of years later still doing amazing martial arts yeah and this is one of the first times i mean i know she's been in 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 a lot of things but this is one of the first times that the western world's got to see her like properly act not just action but like act her socks off here and like if she doesn't get a nomination for best actress like it's rigs because yeah yeah, she needs it yeah i I agree and and again just the nature of the film the way it was delivered so like when wayman or alpha wayman was in irs building and like fighting off the security guards with the 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 fanny pack great display of martial arts but then there's a guy fighting with a fanny pack (laughs) i I love it And you can see why Jackie Chan was meant to play that role because, like, oh, it's yeah. very Jackie Chan esque. Mm. Yeah, you could you could just see Jack, like Jackie Chan's done that kind of like the the comedy, the sort of a bit slapstick, but the at the root of it is very good martial artist. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's not a favorite bit or moment, but it's something I appreciate about the film is the costume design on there. Because they just so well, like the the costumes are so well put together for the characters, mm-hmm. and they really help like express what that character, who that character is, and like what they are to the story. Especially with Jobu. Yeah, and you just see like like contrast as well between like the mundane and the spectacular. <laughs> so yeah, I really appreciate that. <laughs> One of the the weirdest, I think we've mentioned it, though, just the weirdest one was the, the whole raccoon chef thing. Okay. <laughs> so I'm just thinking about it now. It's just like, <laughs> the idea is like this, this chef you had was like an amazing chef, but then you discover he's being controlled by a raccoon. And even if I, as I say it, like, I don't even know, <laughs> that doesn't does make any sense. It's like, but then Evelyn's uh, interaction with him, because she goes back and she's like, because I think the raccoon gets captured. Yeah. And then it's like, for the guy, that's like, you know, why am I without the raccoon? But she's like, no, we're going to we're gonna get the raccoon. I'm going to ride you. Or does he ride? Or I don't know. I'm just going to get on, on on your shoulders. Yeah, because she like <laughs> controls him with his yeah. hair. She... <laughs> it's just so, like, there's so many times in this film, like, what am I seeing? And why does it still all hang together? Mm-hmm. It's like. But I think my, or definitely one of my favorite bits is at the end where Evelyn, so she's trying to get to Joy uh, as before Joy kind of fully jumps into the into the bagel, but she's got to go through all the, the, the verse jumping sort of people and all people with issues that she's sort of come across. And in the way she, because it's just after she, um, she basically commits to sort of, you know, positive outcome, having heard Wayman's like cry for kindness and everyone be nice to each other. And then instead of fighting to say like kill or, or hurt, she's fighting to basically heal. And she like heals everyone along the way to get to joy. I just feel that's such a well done moment. And then also like a reminder of like, you know, is that phrase of, you know, everyone's fighting a battle that you don't see or you don't know about or something like that. Mm. it's kind of representation of that where like because everyone's coming at her and they are you know there's on the surface it's like anger and it's like sort of violence uh coming but everyone's got their thing and if you can get to the thing and help heal that 
then suddenly there's no problem. And I just love the whole sequence, like just visually the way it was acted, the way it was uh, choreographed, but then also the meaning um, behind it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, there's so much more we can. I mean, there's everything, isn't there? There is everything. (laughs) (laughs) We've done our best to speak about everything, everywhere, all at once. But let us know what you think. Uh, You can give us your feedback on this stories, uh, this episode's story discussion. Did you enjoy the film? Did you not enjoy the film? Can't imagine how. But if you didn't, why not? Did you get something from the film? Um, Because I feel there's a lot. Uh, Jed mentioned you can go back and watch and, and pick out different things. So like what stood out for you? Uh, yeah, let us know. Feedback at mymatter.com or join a Discord and let us know there. All right, before we wrap up for this episode, uh, I want to make sure we get to the storytelling tip. Each time we do a deep dive on a podcast, I like to pull out a storytelling tip for others to consider when making their own stories. So this is a consideration from someone who also creates stories and likes to learn from the techniques or mistakes of others. And for today's episode, uh, I wanted to discuss the idea of creating meaning from chaos, which... Uh, It's something that everything, everywhere, all at once does so well in the most chaotic of plots. So I've spoken about it on this episode. I've spoken about it previously, just the idea of stories meaning something or being about something. And even whenever I do like our comic story workshops and with like a group of young kids, I just always get across like the the moral, the meaning of the story is, is important to have. Because for me, if all you have is a collection of uh, cool looking scenes without any deeper connection, then you run the risk of making a forgettable story. And a well-structured plot is key to that and well, creating a memorable uh, memorable, uh, story. So it's important to remember that the, the plot is a tool to reveal character while on their journey. So even if your plot involves traversing the multiverse, you still have to satisfy basic character development requirements and so there's a lot of things that can help in terms of making a story that has that meaning so you have things like rising stakes so we see in the irs uh, meeting that deidre gives evelyn uh, a chance to resubmit her taxes by 6 p.m so there's a deadline after they have a terrible first uh, meeting Uh, you've got things like turning points so when we realize that Joy is Jobu Tapaki and is on a path of destruction because of her nihilistic outlook, that's a turning point for us as the audience. And you have major character epiphanies, like when Evelyn is told she is the only version of herself that hasn't excelled in some way, which is kind of a lot to take. And then you have things like a big climax or showdown. So where we see Joy is ready to lose herself in the everything bagel and Evelyn must fight those minions that I mentioned to reach her in time. Um, so all these things like tie to character uh, and have that ability to create more meaning in your in your story. So as I was putting these notes together, I was just thinking about a few things. So here are four things to include to keep that meaning in your stories. Uh, so number one is to structure your plot so that it leads to something climactic. So we get a sense early on of the threat that Jobu possesses, but once we understand what the bagel is about, we know what we're in for, the destruction of the multiverse. So those events are put together in that sense. Number two 
is include insights that reveal deeper themes. So I always like to talk about themes. I always talk about themes uh, and we see it done so well here. So this idea of the multiverse and the meaning behind it is kind of, I guess, in a negative way, personified by joy that nothing matters and in a, in a positive way or in the most positive way by uh, someone like Wayman where is a, there's a positive outlook on that. So we learn that it's not just, like the bagel is not just about destroying the multiverse, but yourself because nothing matters. And the themes of the story are revealed the more we learn about Jobu and the plot behind the bagel. Uh, number three is to create events and characters that resonate on a deeper level. So this can be subjective depending on the audience, but you as a creator want to ensure that the events of your story mean more than what we see on the surface. So beneath all the verse jumping is a family at risk of falling apart and a business at risk of a bad audit result. So these are things that we can understand on a human level, whether you've been through them uh, or not. Also being told that you're the only version of yourself that isn't special can resonate in a negative way as well. And number four, remember the chain of cause and effect. So everything in your story should happen for a reason. So it's something that was caused by previous events and that will lead to future events. So remember that even if a moment feels cool to you as a story creator, they have to make sense to your audience and to your characters within the story. And that's the tip for this episode uh, of everything, everywhere, all at once, uh, creating meaning from chaos. Let us know what you think. If you are creating your own story, again, uh, you can jump in our Discord uh, or send us an email, feedback at mymatter.com. So that's the story tip. Uh, Tazzy, let's check in with our guest. So, yeah, we love to hear from you, Jed, what you are up to at the moment and, of course, where everyone can find you. And you can find me on social media at Jed Shepherd, J-E-D-S-H-E-P-H-E-R-D on Twitter and Instagram. Also in Clubhouse sometimes as well. I, I run the horror club on there. Into horror every now and again we open a room so what am i up to at the moment i'm working on a secret project that starts shooting in about a month six weeks time uh which i can't talk too much about but is uh, very exciting and uh, they initially wanted me to shoot in america and i said uh how about south london and they were like okay <laughs> so i oh, wow. said so now yeah <laughs> So <laughs> I've moved it. I've moved it from LA to, to South London. So um, Wait, why? <laughs> Do you um, need any support in art? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I wanted to basically, you know, the the thing I'm doing. I, I wanted to it to kind of represent me a little bit, and and not to just be the, the same generic thing that we always see, like on on television. Uh, so but LA. I, though, but LA. Sure. I mean, I've been to LA a million times, you know, like everything's set in LA. So I just think, oh, you see the same things over and over again. But like, but have you seen on like on TV, on like a, on a big platform, have you seen Morley's? Have you, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like, have you seen stuff like that? And have the Americans seen it? So that's what I've been to. <laughs> and like, not like, top boy vibes because I like, was going to say I, that's, that's the only place I've yeah and I'm like I know you see Morley's in, in top boys and I, I do like to, top boy but like that is and again like the recent, my season, recent series of top boys they've, they've turned it American because like they're having some big shootouts and some big epic storylines uh. in top boy but like I'm just like nah like I remember like growing up and, and I just wanted to show people like actual London 
so that's kind of what what I'm luckily getting to do, which is yeah. like yeah, which is really cool. And do you feel like you're being able to make those decisions because of the success of your previous work? Like if you had come in and this is the, the mm. first thing, and you'd be like, oh no, let's go to South London. Like, would that conversation have gone differently? Yeah, uh, yeah. It, I think I think I've had I had to have a couple of things under my belt in order for people to go, okay, like like we'll 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 agree to agree to this. But also it's because like I. Because I'm directing this, and and because I wrote it as well, I wrote it with like South London in mind. Um, you, I, I could easily do it in America, but um, it's um, it's set in South London, so it'd be it'd be difficult to like kind of just change everything. And I, I wanted it to be very British, because uh, you know, usually when British people kind of have a bit of success, they go to America and make American things. I want to mm. stay here and make British things and and tell our stories because um yes yeah we've got such a great city to like show stuff off that isn't just like period dramas (laughs) (laughs) exactly um and the other thing i'm doing is i have i did a segment of an anthology called scare package 2 which is going to come out later on this year but it's on a bunch of festivals so it's at fright fest at the end of august and I did a segment featuring all the ladies from Host as the cast. So uh, my usual trick, just put them in everything. And <laughs> so, yeah, that comes out later on this year at some point. Yeah, and there's loads of other cool things I'm up to as well. Uh, but a lot of the things like I can't say just yet. Well, we'll have to time your next <laughs> next appearance on the show so that yeah. you can talk about them. <laughs> okay, cool. Good plan. Good plan. Um, but we'll put some links in the show notes find you yeah cool but yeah jed as always thank you again for well thank you for coming back and uh yeah giving us your thoughts on uh everything everywhere all at once Uh, anytime guys appreciate it cool and uh thank you to everyone uh listening you made it to the end well done if you enjoyed this episode of story x story make sure that you subscribe to the podcast uh, and give us a five star rating and review wherever you are able to do that Uh, that lets us reach new listeners and fans of story discussion and you can always share links direct links helps too let's get our own word of mouth thing going don't forget to check out our stories on the my matter website so we've got a number of titles from uh, the my matter universe including the latest release serious through the fog and you can join the the studio 77 discord to check out the community there and news on upcoming events live streams things like that you can also consider becoming a studio 77 member for exclusive access uh, to gamepad events and content from the my matter universe some of those events will be like our uh, Do I Look Like a Gamer campaign? And that is now live. It's happened. It's happening. Uh, it's still in progress. We launched it early in the year so that future generations of diverse talent will know that there is a place for them in video games. So through our activities and our events uh, and the things we've got planned this year and into next, we want to empower uh, them to be an active part of shaping the future of the video games industry. Uh, And as for the podcast, we release new episodes on Thursdays and those include creator interviews, video game discussions, and deep dives into stories across pop culture like this one. Uh, You can always give us a shout directly. Our email address is feedback at mymatter.com and our website with links to subscribe is mymatter.com forward slash story x story. So thank you for tuning in and until next time, Stay safe and remember, nothing matters until you make it matter. Take care, everyone.